Well, I'm so excited to be here. Do you know we, we believe and we worship the awesome God who is everywhere? He's in Nepal. He's right now here. And we came to worship him. Nothing like him. When we, when we look to him, all our pain, sadness, worries goes away. But when we look to the wall, we always feel bad and feel with the sadness. He is the only hope for us. There's nothing that is in the world will give you hope and satisfy you. Once I was very poor, and when the Lord lifted me, I became rich. But when I look my life and saw all these material things of the world, that is nothing satisfied me. More I go closer to the Lord in the feet of Jesus, more and more I satisfy. The courage and the boldness comes when I sit in his feet. That's what I experience. Well, you may ask me, how? I came from the God in, a, in from the midst of the 330 million gods and goddesses. How many? 330 million gods and goddesses. All of them only demand fresh blood. They're angry, so fearful. They have a nine hands, and each hand has weapons of destruction. The anger, frightening, and in that situation, I found the Lord. This God was so loving, so caring, forgiving, accepting, no matter in what condition we are, he doesn't care who we are. He just wants to welcome us. He just wants to bless us. He just wants to set us free from the bondage of this world. That's what I experience in my life. And in this country, to become a Christian, not easy. It's not easy. Something is strange things to become Christian. And we have a, a 30 million peoples, and most of them Hindu and Buddhist. They don't know the true and living God, the God whom I believe. The God who, give, who sets free who forgives our sins and accepts us to his own people. And then, when you become Christian, what happens? 
they will totally disregard you, abandon you from the home. You will, the first persecution begins from home, from the community, from the government. And many children are abandoned when they begin to come to the church because we, whether you do or not, what we do, we use children as a tool of evangelism. So when the children come to the church, they're not Christian, they're non-Christian. So we send them the tracks with them because we are not allowed to go to their home. So we send them, then they read. If some of the parents don't, can't read, then children will read. And uh, children become Christian. Some other uh, people become Christian. Then family will totally reject them. So there are hundreds and hundreds children we look after. They cannot go back home. And I was abandoned at the age of five. When my brother became Christian, he was kicked out from the village. He lost three jobs. He was put into the prison, you know, jail. Fifty-one times he was arrested and put into the jail. So many years he spent in the prison, in the jail, and he got sick, full of lice in his body. The long hair, his clothes were rotten by itself and dropping down. Up to that level, he bear. There was no one to help him except Jesus. Jesus was his faithful friend. And that's what happens. And then if you become Christian, you will have to go one year jail. If you baptize, three years. How many years you have to go to jail if you baptize here? <laughs> no. <coughs> Me as a pastor, if I baptize someone, I have to go six years jail. You saw in the picture, I'm baptizing almost every day, going different places. We don't care about it. We don't care what other people will say. Behave, deal with us. We just listen to Jesus. Jesus is our master. We have to obey rather than people. And so, many people, many Christians, they suffer like this. They are, as the pastor said, they are very poor. They have nothing. But one thing they have, the joy of the Lord. The freedom they have. They have hope. And they have exciting things to tell about Jesus with others. That's how they serve the Lord there. It's not easy life there. Even though they are poor, they have nothing. Only once a year they buy new clothes. And some, they never take even six months. You know, they don't take bath six months. They don't have water. 
The women and men are not equal. Children are not respected. Until they, are, they become certain years. Because they teach in those religions the rituals and activities that children are not important. But here in Christianity, children are more important. Because Jesus taught that way. And women are not important. First, husband will eat. Then if there's a leftover food, then only wife will eat. So there's no, they're not treating equally in, the, in their community, in their society. Because they don't know about Jesus. If they would have known, they would have deal, treat them differently and equally. So you have to really appreciate, you know, where you are, in what church you are, what country you are. You have to appreciate your government, your country, especially your forefather, who were faithful to God. Because of their faithfulness, this country was blessed, tremendously blessed. And this country became a channel of blessing to the world. This is the country who brought gospel to us. That's why every week we gather together. We have a 300 small prayer cell group. They gather together and they put in front of them the map of America. And they lay hand on the top of the map. They pray for America. Do you have a time to rethink about us, remember about us, pray for us? You have a plentiful, you have everything you needed, but still you guys are sometimes busy, so busy, busy, too busy. Do you have a time to sit near to Jesus? Be with him, listening to him, praying with him, and talking with him. Today, people are so much caught up with the worldly things. They have no time with, to be with Jesus. But these men and women who have nothing, only hope is in Jesus, they come together and pray for you guys. Because we, we feel we are dead to America. America done so much to us. They brought hope in our life by spreading gospel throughout the world. And we have a children home, five children home, 550 kids. They, we look after them. Uh, we are their grandparents, and um, we also have a four schools where we educate children. We also have a old people house where many old people are kicked out from the family when they become Christian. And also, we rescue many girls. Every year, fifteen thousand girls are sold in India. So we try to rescue them. So we have now 24 of them 
we are only able to take care of them. We rescue them by paying $300 for each, and we rescue. So you saw in the picture, one of my sisters who was dead against the Christianity become a Christian, and now she's the one, the mom of these 24 kids. They were sold in India, but we brought back. Now we are sending to school. Their future is a bright future. That's how we do. And also, we provide love and care. This is what the mean of being salt and the light to the world. We bring the transformation in the community, in the life of the people. When you sit close to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus taught us how to be real salt to the world. Real light to the world. Without him, we can't do anything. So, if you just come to church, just enjoy listening the message of the pastor, and just helping around inside the church, nobody bothers you. <laughs> Even Satan, he just sit there. All right, all right, you are fine. Don't worry. He's so crooked. <laughs> This is how he tried to, you know, lead you, misguide you. But when you go and share your faith whom you believe, when you go and share your faith with others whom you believe, then he causes the problem. Because he rules the heart of the people. He walks, he uses the people against us. We can't see him, but he uses the crooked people against us. So same happened when, when you see in the book of Acts, when Peter, John and Peter and all the apostles were going to preach, Sadducees, Pharisees, St. Hendrik, and all the officials came together and they caught the apostle. They lay their hands on them. They put them to the jail, into the jail. And they told, from today, from now on, you never speak, never teach in the name of Jesus. Well, let's read what the, um, what the apostle replied. Uh, that will be uh, really fun to hear. <clears throat> Book of uh, Acts, chapter 4. Um, the Pete, John and Peter, they reply. Then they call, chapter 4, verse 18. Then they call them in again. And commanded them not to speak and teach to all, at all, in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey your, you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Isn't it a wonderful answer? To them, when 
when you go and, and you know, when you go to different places, when you ride bus, when you meet your friend, if they say, don't share about this, what, is, what will be your answer? Friends, I tell you, I motivate every member of the church. I challenge them. I mobilize them. If there are doctors working in the hospital, I tell them, that's your area. Don't forget. That's your responsibility to make known about Christ. If there is working in some offices, I tell them personally, that's your area, that's your field, that's your farm. Harvest is ready. You better get ready. If some student in the high school, I challenge them. If some of them in the college, I challenge them. If some of them are nurses, I challenge them. If some of them are farmer, I challenge them to work with the farmer. And we go to the farm. You saw my picture there. I go to the farm. And uh, uh, you know, in the daytime, you eat breakfast morning. We eat afternoon. Our breakfast is afternoon. After working, then we eat breakfast. Then before eating, we pray with the non-Christian. And the non-Christian will say, what are you doing? And I will say, we're talking to God to bless our food, bless our field. Wow. See, that's how we begin our conversation with them. We don't need to rush. We don't, we don't need to press them, push them. There's a loving way. There's a better way to communicate gospel with the people. So you don't need to operate. So here, John and, and the, all the apostles were not afraid. You judge by yourself whom to obey. That means we have to obey God more than you. That's their answer. Then, that's very exciting things, uh, you know, they said. When they were threatened, they were forced not to teach and preach, and they silently went, and they kneeled down. They looked to, other God, to God, and they began to pray. They sense the prayer is important. The sense there's a spiritual battle going on. Only through prayer they can overcome. And then they did not complain <laughs> seeing this situation. They did not worry about it. They were not fearful. But they went and kneeled down because they knew from where the help comes, <laughs> you know, refilling the tank. The empty tank. They knew where the petrol and diesel, you know, is. So what they did, they knelt down and they prayed. And they said, Lord, give us boldness. Look at their straight. Lord, we are your servant. Not more than servant. We are just servant. Give us that boldness. They did not ask money. They did not say, Lord, bless us. They did not say, Lord, protect us. 
They didn't say, Lord, send us to the easy places. No. They said, give us boldness. Can you see? That's how the Nepali people pray. They keep praying. That's why they, they, they see the importance of praying on for Americans. Because the slowly and slowly, please forgive me if, I am, if I'm hurting you, slowly and slowly the American brothers are losing the ingre- spiritual I- ingredients. Yes. This country is no more Christian country now. You know? Do you know where the biggest church in the world, in Korea, in Kenya? Not in America. Not in Europe. All the churches are now taken by Hindus. They become Hindu temple now in Europe. All the temple, uh, church, become by Buddhist, oh no, what do you call it? Muslim mosque. Because, let me tell you a little strongly, because we are not being responsible. We have to be responsible today. We have to know what is happening in the world. What is happening in our family. Our children never listen to their parents. (laughs) They don't care about their parents. They are going against the will of their parents. It will be continue. This is what Satan wants to see. This is how he is going to destroy the Christian community. Please think on this area. And pray. More than be responsible. You and me are responsible people. We cannot just close our eyes, come to the church, enjoy hearing the message of Jesus, and neglecting our family, our community, our country, and the world. We have great responsibility in our shoulder to carry. So when you go and tell about Jesus, then the persecution starts. You, you can, maybe you can try in your office, in your work. You try. That's true. When persecution comes, then you are standing in the side, in the, on the side of truth. Now, that's why before we baptize uh, any newcomers, we, we make sure that he's regularly coming to the church for six months or one year. We don't just baptize. Then he has to go through all the baptism classes. We make sure that he's honest with God, with us. Then we ask seven questions. Well, if you ask in America, I don't know whether they will come to the church or not. We ask seven questions. Are you willing to leave your home? Are you willing to give up the inheritance of your father? Are you willing to lose your job, 
you will lose job. Are you willing to be beaten and and be in persecution and put into jail? Are you willing to bring tithe and offering to honor the Lord your God? Not to the church, to honor the Lord. We bring tithe to honor our God. It's a part of worship. We don't bring our tithe and offering to please the pastor and elder of the church. We don't bring tithe and offering because church is poor and church needs money. No. We bring it to honor the Lord. And are you willing to go back to the village where you are abandoned and forgive them? Share the love of Jesus. Lastly, are you willing to die for Jesus? You have to give everything. No reservation. Total commitment. Seriousness. That's why Nepali Christians are crazy for Jesus. That's why they are not seeking the worldly thing. They go and seeking where people are lost. Sharing love of Jesus. They know the consequence. But they don't care about it. So in nine, before 1990, there were more than 350 active pastors were in the jail. When American senators went there in Nepal, and they forced our government to release Christians. So we were released. So began to practice Christianity broad freedom way. So, what, what this 330 million God did to us? Nothing. They brought nothing. They blessed nothing to us except Jesus Christ. So today I want to encourage you, if you have any problems, if, if you are going through a lot of problems and, you know, pain, difficulties, I want to challenge you. There's no way you can solve it until, unless you come close to the feet of Jesus. There's no way. Only he can solve your problems. All impossible things is possible when you come to him. Jesus can make it possible. He will open the way for you. He will show the way for you. And you will enjoy and rejoice with him. And lastly, I want to just encourage you a few things here. You and me are responsible people. Our family members are dying without Christ. Our neighborhood is dying without Christ. Your country fellow men are dying without Christ because they haven't heard saving message of our Lord Jesus Christ. They need to hear. 
And if you don't go, if you don't preach, who will preach? Book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 14 says, Who will preach? How they will believe? How they will be saved? If you, you and me don't go and preach, there is a responsibility. We have responsibility in the church, in our family, in our community, and also to the world. Friends, today is not time to close our eyes, time to open our eyes. It's not time to sleep now. It's time to wake up. It's not time to relax. It's a time to be crazy for Jesus. Yes. It's time to be crazy for Jesus. Doesn't matter what other people say. You be crazy for Jesus in your workplace. Whatever you are, be crazy for Jesus. Don't worry what others say. How they others behave with you and deal with you. Don't care. Disciples never care about it. They didn't worry about the easy life. They even didn't say, Lord, send me some places where it's secure. No. We, Jesus wants today the people who live simple life and think highly of him. Many people are caught up in the world and they have so much problem. Miserable life. They need Jesus today. So you can be the way for them. This church can be the way for others. Many times I even experience in Nepal. Many times people come, maybe church will do something. Church can help something to me. And this is how the people come into the church. But they forget what is their responsibility. They're supposed to say, how can I help my church to be better? My, recently, there was an interview in the radio in Nepal. Everybody said, uh, uh, our country's government should, de- should do this and that, that and that. Every time, all demanding, all the time. But they don't know, they don't recognize what is their part to play. What is their responsibility to, the, to their country. So instead of complaining, let us rejoice in the Lord. Let us satisfy. Let us think with a positive attitude and be thankful to God. Even though you complain, you, don't, you can't get anything. When I came to uh, American family house, I saw ba- you know, the supermarket in the basement. That is the type of supermarket we have in Nepal. They have everything, but still they are not content. They are not satisfied. You know, they are always wanting and wanting and wanting. But for these kinds of people, who need it? Jesus. They need Jesus. Only then they will content and satisfy. And earlier I said, please be thankful to your government. Be thankful to your leaders. Be thankful to your pastors and elders and fellow friends. 
Be thankful to your parents, your children. Be thankful to your church. Look positively and take a responsibility. You will make a difference in the community. In your life, in your family life, in your church, in your country. God doesn't need many people. So only one crazy people, crazy man. <laughs> only one crazy man for Jesus. Now, thousands and thousands life are passed from love in Nepal. Yesterday I was sharing with pastor. When I preach, I preach two hours. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach. <laughs> but so often, now in the end, I say, I say three times. <laughs> I make a three conclusion. So at the end, it's a second conclusion. So at the end, I would like to say, friends, this country needs you. This country waiting you. Your family member is, uh, are waiting for you. Your next neighbor is waiting for you. They want to be comforted through you. Have a hope through you. Because we have Jesus. We have good things, good news to tell to them. So please be serious. Be responsible. Be motivated and used by God. You can make a difference and make a great impact into their life. May the Lord bless you and make you as a channel of blessing, not only your family, not only your community, to the whole world. Thank you so much. If you have any question, please ask me. I'm ready to share with you.